Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here as always on the Greatest Games Podcast, a chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. It can be their time as a head coach, a JV coach, a college coach, a high school coach, just whatever they consider to be their greatest game. Well, we mentioned off the air, we've got quite the run here in New Jersey. This is our third coach in a row from the state of New Jersey, Emerson, New Jersey's finest, John Ziemba, Emerson High School. John, welcome to the greatest games. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Honored to be here tonight. Uh, just, I, I was very excited about being on the show because we just haven't been able to do anything. I'm, I, I want to do anything that has to do with sports, so I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely. Brian, I will say this on the air. I'll brag a little bit, or not brag, but talk about Coach Ziemba. He has uh, become one of my mentors here in Bergen County, along with Chris Gaskin, who we've had on the show before. Uh, they are two guys I go to every day for advice and for uh, lessons, and they've been great mentors to me. So I always appreciate having them around. Well, I can tell you now, if, I, I don't know John Ziemba very well, but he must have the patience of a saint if uh, if he is your mentor. So uh, kudos to you, Coach Ziemba. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. He also, he also has a 13-year-old son, so that gives him some patience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just threw him outside to work. Uh, he, he was getting mad at himself shooting. Uh, he's a very good shooter, but now he's got a little in his head, so I told him to go out and shoot some foul shots and get, get uh, the confidence back. So. <laughs> Coach de Blasio well, wants him to play for him next year. Absolutely. We'll take, he'll start every game for me. Coach. <laughs> coach, why don't you take us through uh, your basketball resume and how you got to where you are today at uh, Emerson High School? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty long resume. I've been um, – uh, I started out – I played at Garfield High School, which is a few miles uh, from here in Bergen County. And, uh, uh, I had a decent high school career. Um, the school that I played with in college, Montclair state university. Uh, it's funny, my senior year playing, uh, my future college coach came to see me play and he walked out at halftime, uh, because we played a two, three zone. We were a typical, uh, what you would say suburban team. And, uh, and he knew that to play in that league, he just didn't see you know, anything he liked. And uh, I got to Montclair State, uh, which is a Division three school in a very tough league. And uh, I remember when I got there, there were kids from all these big state schools, uh, like state powerhouse schools. I was shocked uh, at the Division three level. But, the, you know, I was like the eighth guard on the freshman team. Uh, but I, I, I fought. And I end up starting. I played on an undefeated freshman team. Uh, I moved my way up to varsity my sophomore year, played three years of varsity. Our team made it my senior year. We won 24 games, made it to the final eight. Uh, had a great career there. Great. Uh, and when I was done, my, my coach asked me to stay on and coach the freshman team for three years. So that was really the start of my coaching. I was an assistant varsity coach and a, and a head freshman coach. And uh, I took the team. We played, uh, we played West Point. We played Yale. We played Princeton. Actually, Brian Winters was the coach of Princeton, I remember, back then. And um, I really learned 
on the fly. Uh, you know, I, I had a, I wasn't much older than these guys, but I had a, you know, I had a lot of um, responsibilities and I learned, uh, but then I realized I was a corporate fitness major and I wanted to get into coaching and I didn't like working in the health clubs. And uh, I, I went and got my teaching degree through an alternate route program, it's called, and I applied for a job at Passaic Valley High School and a guy by the name of John Wallace hired me. And they had just come off a terrible year. And uh, they were in a very tough conference back then with, with uh, Clifford Scott and Orange and like just tough city schools. And, uh, you know, I had a bunch of little Italian guys who played for me, basically. And, uh, but they were tough. They were tough. I played there. I coached there for three years. And I think um, one of the biggest things I did there is we started taking advantage of the three-point line. Um, and we became very good. We would come down the court, we'd have a layup, and we'd turn around, spin, and kick it out and start banging threes against teams. And, and teams that were a lot better than us, we were able to beat. And uh, I had one coach come up to me and he said, you know, you were really one of the first guys that started to play that way and just take advantage of the three-point line. So I was at Passaic Valley for three years, and um, they, they cut a teaching position, um, and I was the lone man, so they let me go. They wanted me to coach there, and I said I couldn't do that. I needed a job. I went up to Fort Lee. Um, when I interviewed, the athletic director was a Garfield graduate, and the principal, his college roommate, was my high school coach. And I didn't know that. And they, uh, you know, things got rolling. Before you know it, there was 100 resumes in the garbage, and I got the job. And um, I coached at Fort Lee for 24 years, and that's really where I called home. Uh, that's where, you know, I, I just had so many great memories. I still teach in Fort Lee, and I still coach the girls' volleyball team. Uh, we had a tremendous run. I had 10,000-point scores. I had a 2,000-point score. I have great relationships with the kids that I coach there and, and with the, my assistants and my athletic directors. And um, like I said, I'll always call Fort Lee home. And, um, but then I, I just felt, you know, it was time to get more involved with my son. And I was coaching his, his younger travel teams and trying to do both. And I, I just couldn't do it. So I was going to resign from Fort Lee. And I found out in the town I live in, the job had just opened. The, the young coach who I didn't think would leave got an administrative job. I went down to Bobby Carsage, who was their athletic director. Now, Chris, I, I don't know you know Bobby Carsage. He is a character. He's also one of the greatest baseball coaches in New Jersey history. Emerson is a baseball powerhouse. And Bobby was retiring. And what he did is he brought me in and he, he had refed a lot of my games. And he said, you know, uh, Ziemba, he goes, I'm going to hire you. He goes, nobody ever gave it to me more than you did in a game. There's, a, there's <laughs> another phrase he used and a few other words he used. But what you did to me in a jamboree game, you, you undressed me. And then the head of the jamboree walked in and gave it to me even more and said, Ziamba's right. He goes, but I'm going to hire you because this, that's what we need around here. And, uh, and they did. Boy, I walked in. It was the worst situation I have ever seen in my life and um you know what 
we've uh, we had we had a very tough year last year, but we we've uh, we've made the jamboree twice, something they haven't done in 30 years. We've played home state tournament games, which they haven't done. I had a thousand point score there, and uh, you know we just had a tough year last year. We're we're you know, along like Chris knows, we're one of the small schools in the county. We don't even have a hundred kids in our graduating class. Uh, but I live here. It's a challenge. My son will be a freshman next year. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad for him, but he's going to play for me for four years. And, and that's basically my story. Brian, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in here with some facts and figures for you. First of all, coach talked about how he played at Garfield high school. Right. Okay. Garfield High School, very small high school in New Jersey, but has the distinction of having three NFL players come from Garfield High School, which is an amazing, amazing statistic for the size of the school. Luis Castillo, Miles Austin, and Wayne Krabat. Now, Brian's not a big football guy, but all those guys wound up playing in the NFL at a Garfield and High those School. And those aren't just, you know, uh, uh, those are three players. Like that, Yeah, they played amazing. in the league for a long time, yeah. 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 And also, Coach Yamba talked about coaching at Fort Lee, Brian. Again, I'm going to name drop here for you. Coach, Coach Josh Ford, who was mentioned on our last episode with um, – uh, or two episodes ago with uh, Coach McBreen. Josh played on that Final Four team. Josh was actually the one who took the inbounds pass and passed it to Tommy for the game-winning three. There we which go. Which we talked about on this podcast. And, and Josh Ford um, – and, you know, maybe we'll get into it a little later. Josh Ford is, is one of the reasons you do this. Yeah. Uh, what a kid. And what a turnaround that kid made after his sophomore year where uh, him and I were nose to nose every day, <laughs> button heads, uh, long story. But then he goes and he plays and, he, and he's a starting point guard on a team that goes to the final four. And uh, what a story. What a good story uh, about a kid just turning everything around. Yeah, Coach, that's where I – That's honestly, that's where I want to start with my first question is you, you have a great career at Montclair State, and then you turn around and start coaching the freshmen, cutting your teeth there, and you stick with it for a long coaching and, and successful coaching career. So what, what had you really want to do this early on, and then what keeps you in? And I'd love to hear more about – the butting heads with Josh Ford and even the kids that you've coached throughout the years. But really what, 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 what had you want to start in this business and then what keeps you in it? I think the first thing that got me in it was my competitive uh, nature. Um, you know, I was a six foot, I guess I would say suburban kid. You know, I like to stand out and shoot, shoot the jump shot. And uh, uh, in high school, I wasn't really pushed to be that an aggressive kid and in college it came out and uh it's what carried me through four years of basically playing kids playing with kids who had more talent than me and um that competitive spirit drove me to coach and um you know in the beginning I was a little uh, maybe a little excitable a little, a little too excitable with it but I just loved being around kids who wanted to learn wanted to get better and making them better people. Um, and, and that's the bottom line. Like, uh, you know, I want to see kids five, six, seven, eight years down the road, what they're doing then. To me, that shows what, what I did for them. And, um, you know, and, and it, it's different with every kid. You know, whether that 
kid just has a job. He has a family. Maybe he's just working, you know, working a local job, but he's putting in time or he's working for some big company. It doesn't matter if, if, if they're living a good life and working hard and they got out of school and they did things to the best of their ability. I feel like that's when I did my job. And that's Josh Ford. That was, that was the answer. I mean, Josh was, uh, he was, he was a tough one to harness. And, um, he, his mom and dad were going through some, you know, his family had some family issues in eighth grade. So when he got to me as a freshman, I brought him right up, but my God, every day the teachers were waiting outside the gym and they did, they were never happy. I'd walk in from the other school where, you know, I was at a school down the road and they'd be waiting. And I'd look at Josh and I'd say, Oh man, I am going to kick your butt today. And they'd be complaining to me, Josh does this. Josh does that. Josh has a, oh my God, I was sick of it. And uh, even the girls on my volleyball team, when Josh would walk through the gym, and Josh, good looking kid, and he would walk through the gym and they would say, what a jerk. What a this, what a that. Something happened after his sophomore year. Maybe it was the meetings with me and his, his dad, his dad could have been a professional fighter. He was the biggest man I've ever seen. And his mom would be crying. His dad would want to kill him. And we'd be in this little office yelling at us. And I'd be saying, this is what you want. This is what you want. You want to be like this. You want your mom crying and your dad wants to kill you. And something went off. Something went off, man. The next, the next year, the same teachers. There's this one teacher. I forget her name. She was, she was teaching. Um, I think she was teaching math. She was like a Polish lady, and she used to. She was the first one to kill Josh every day. And all of a sudden, we come to game junior year. She's got like two pom poms screaming for Josh up in the bleachers, and I'm going, "Look at this! This is unbelievable." He like, <laughs> he's doing the morning announcements. The girls on the volleyball team want to date him. I'm going, Josh, what the hell happened? It was, it was it was one of the best things I've ever seen. Like as far and it made me, I could coach another twenty years off of that. That's awesome. And Brian, I'll tell you this: if you play for Coach Ziemba for four years and you play for Coach McBreen for four years, <laughs> you've been put through it. You have been put through <laughs> it. I can tell you that. Um, there are not a lot of people that can do that eight years. That's them. that's that's a run. <laughs> <laughs> and and the Josh. Coach, God, Josh got to play for coach because he blew his knee out the third game of our senior year. And we, we mm. were going to have a big year. And I called, I called Coach McBrain. I said, no one's recruiting this kid. This is the hungriest kid you're ever going to see. He'll rehab and he'll come back a better player. And Chucky, I don't know if you believe me, but look what he ended up getting. <laughs> exactly. All right, Coach, we're going to have you tell a little embarrassing story about yourself. I've personally seen you get uh, agitated with officials before. So we, we want to hear a funny or a, or a weird or a, some story about where you maybe got a technical foul or you lost your temper on the sidelines and something silly happened. Well, I mean, I've gotten a few. Um, <laughs> I've gotten a few. I, I've gotten – I've I really changed my um, routine a little bit since I got to Emerson. Uh, but at Fort Lee, uh, again, the, and, and you know what, the kids who played for me at Fort Lee, they sort of played off of that energy that I had. And, uh, like I said, I think the, uh, one of the funniest technical stories is how I got the job with, with Bobby Karsich and Emerson. Um, you know, uh, a lot of other times I, I, I got mad at some of the tees I get, 
Um, I know when I first started, there were no assigners. So you would go to games. You would go to games and like the coach would have his two buddies reffing. And like, it was just, it just wasn't fair. And, and I'm starting out coaching and I'm saying, Jesus Christ, this is like, we're playing Clifford Scott High School. They had a guy named Greg Tynes coaching him, who was a star at Seton Hall. And I mean, I don't got a guy over six foot. They got two six eights. One's going to Providence. Uh, like, we can't even get the ball in bounds. And, and Tynes' two buddies, they would walk out all the time, and they'd just look at me and smile. i go, oh, my God, this is not going to be good. And in the first three minutes, the fouls are 10 to 1 against us. I mean, we couldn't get the ball in bounds. So usually I would just, you know, uh, get one early and, and take, you know, have to sit down or whatever. But the one thing I never did, I, I never got thrown out of the game. Um, I, I learned as I went along, listen, some games you just, uh, uh, you know, it's not there. You try to motivate your team. Maybe it's try to do something, but uh, it, you know, it, it doesn't, it's, it's not the way to go all the time. And, and since they've gone to assigning officials, at least now, you know, it's, it's not, like I said, the buddy system. But definitely my best story is the one that got me the job at Emerson because Bobby Karsich, let me tell you, the guy, baseball-wise, tremendous coach. And when he hired me, I was his last hire on the way out the door in late August. That's exactly what he said to me. And if you know Bergen County basketball, Chris, you know, you know the name Eddie Strohmeyer. He was Mr. Jamboree. And that game... We had Pedro Burgos, who was the second leading scorer in Bergen County. They had Ahmad Hassan from Leonia, who was the leading scorer in the county. It was a 10 o'clock in the morning game. And, I mean, you're talking two kids who put up about 1,600. Hassan might have been 2,000. Hassan and was 2,000, yeah. What a game. And the kid from Leonia, at the end of the half, he thought he should have got a foul call. And he bounced the ball up into the ceiling. And I chased Bobby into the locker room screaming. It should have been a T. It should have been a T, Bobby, Bobby. You know, I'm screaming at him. And the best thing he told me was when he said Eddie Strohmeyer <laughs> chased him in the locker room, too, and gave it to him even worse than <laughs> I did, uh, which was uh, pretty good. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's tough because you do try to teach the kids the right way, too. But uh, one thing I wouldn't want to be is a basketball official. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Well, Coach, first of all, Ahmad Hassan did have 2,000, and Brian, Ahmad Hassan played at Leonia High School. We interviewed Coach Hergit, who's the young coach at Leonia High School now. Ahmad went and played at Ramapo College as well for Chuck McBree. Okay. So we're, all, we're all connecting circles here, but the best connection here is Bob Karsich, who he's mentioned several times, hired him at Emerson. Bob Karsich's best decision ever was he interviewed a young, hungry coach from Creskill High School for the same job at the same time. And he chose uh, John Ziemba instead of Chris de Blasio, which is <laughs> one of the great decisions of all time. Uh, you could have had that team last year. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, you beat me by 20. You beat me by 20 yeah. with that team. Yeah, yeah. But you know there was more to that game. Than <laughs> you, we were nip and tuck, believe me. Oh man, that Coach, was a rough doing and doing some pre-show research. I see that you've got at least three hundred wins. Have you reached the four hundred win mark yet? I have. Um, 
I'm over 400 in basketball and getting near 300 in volleyball. Okay, so that's that's my question. So 400 wins in basketball, over 300 in volleyball. Coach of the year in 2019, according to NJ.com, in volleyball. So obviously the success on the courts, in this case plural courts, is taking care of itself. But how do you really truly define success for those teams that you coach? Um. I'll give you an example. Like our volleyball team this year, we had the best senior leadership that maybe I've ever had in a program. And we won 23 games. And let me tell you something. Uh, don't tell too many. Don't tell my AD this, but I really don't know too much about volleyball. You know, I've done it. Usually, the reason I coached volleyball and I took the job was we had a back gym in Fort Lee and I could always coach the volleyball practice and watch my players working out in the back gym, <laughs> which was illegal, but no one knew that, you know, I was doing that at that time. So that's the only reason I coach volleyball, but I mean, I love it now. My assistants are uh, girls who played for me and they know a little bit more. One of them played in college. And so when I'm yelling, like I treat a volleyball game, like a, like a basketball game. And everybody looks at me like, that's not what you do in volleyball. But uh, you, you know, the bottom line is I look at her when I yell at the official and she goes, yeah, you can yell. You're right. Or you're wrong. You know, but uh, the girls taught me something this year that our leadership, we overachieved to get 23 wins by a mile because of the way these girls presented themselves at practice, hung together. Um, and it, it, it's that way in every sport. I mean, my basketball season this year, I would say, uh, I mean, I don't want to call anybody out, but um, we just didn't have the leadership. And people don't realize, unless you're a coach, how important it is that the kids like each other, that you have good leaders and then they believe in the coach and they're not listening to the people in the bleachers. And um, to me, that that's, that's everything. Watching a team come together. Uh, like, like, like I said, that volleyball team this year, uh, you know, I watched them come together and uh, I'm saying, Holy crap, we won like 13 matches in a row. And I said, how the heck are we doing this? And uh, you know, it's the same way in basketball. I've had numerous years. I had a year in basketball where I'm telling you, I had four kids who could have scored 1,500 points. I had a kid transfer up from Florida that was one of the best players I ever seen. And we ran a spread, you know, the four out dribble drive handoff, and we stunk because we hated each other. They, these kids literally hated each other. And I'm thinking, I got four guys here. We're going to run people out of the gym. They didn't, they didn't want to play for each other. So you have to get kids to play together. And to me, that's the biggest challenge in this day and age when it's a me, me, me world. I think that's so, so huge. You bring up so many great points and we're going to clip some of those gems out and we'll, <laughs> we'll post those along with this episode too. It's, it's so, so true. And, um, yeah, just I, there's nothing to add to that. That's, that's 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 a beautiful thing. So, Coach, at this point in the show, you know the name of the the podcast is the Greatest Games Podcast. So we would love to hear about the, your greatest game, or if you have a couple of games, that's totally cool as well. But with as much background information as you can tell us, and take us into the gym for your greatest games. Well, 
you know, I thought about it a lot when you coach that many games. Um, but I think the game, you know, at Fort Lee High School, we were, uh, and, I, and I listened to a couple of your guys' shows because I wanted to see sort of, you know, what the format <laughs> was and uh, everything. And I heard, I, I, Brian, I heard you say something about in, Fort, in uh, New Jersey, we got all the groups and all of this and all of that. <laughs> well, we were a group three school um, at Fort Lee when I first started, which means, you know, group four is the highest. Uh, so we were playing in some in a very tough state tournament brackets. Um, in 1999, we got beat in a sectional final uh, in a game where it was probably my best team, and we were probably 10 points better than the other team. And we just didn't have a good night. My best player just had a bad night. And uh, we got some foul trouble, and we, we just we got beat. So the next year, we come back, and um, we lose a couple kids, but I still have a kid named David Reyes who uh, had led the state in three-point makes with over 100 in his junior year, and uh, I had some really good guards, really good guards. Um, and we win our first two rounds in a state tournament, and then we got to go to Ramapo. Now, Ramapo by us, the Ramapo School District, first of all, it's comprised of three towns. Uh, Franklin Lakes, where Phil Sims is from. Uh, I mean, these kids are training from when they're two years old. Uh, you know, they're, they're just, they pump out athlete after athlete after athlete in every sport. I think their football team right now hasn't lost in two years. Uh, just, you know, you walk in the gym, there's, they, they don't even have enough room for the band. There's no, like, it's insane. And here's Fort Lee, who, um, you know, we had a little bit of a reputation of being a, a pretty good basketball school, but we weren't really a powerhouse in any other sports. Uh, my kids were sort of, uh, they just played basketball, but they, uh, you know, I, I just felt like we didn't, they, no one respected us, especially at Ramapo. Going into their gym, uh, this was a tough tough game for us um so the game is i remember it was very low scoring and we were down six with about two minutes to go and they ran they ran a backdoor play on us and they had a uncontested layup and they were huge too they were huge we, we just had some guards and this kid missed the layup and i said holy crap we might have a shot here we come down to court and um, a kid named the kid Reyes, we move the ball. We get Reyes at three from the top. He nails it and gets fouled. And a funny thing about the game, uh, one of the guys who called the fouls, a guy named Brian Dorsey, who now is doing every big time division one basketball game you'll see on TV. I think he made it to the final eight this year. Brian is a, uh, a big time official. And I, I let him know, I said, that call got him to where he is today. Uh, so Reyes makes it, makes the foul shot. Now we're down two and they're holding the ball. And I says, you know, once I saw him holding the ball, I said, I think we, I think we got him because they, they weren't attacking anymore. And uh, I had a guard by the name of Armani, Alex Armani, he pokes the ball free. We come down, and the ball's bouncing all over the place, and boom, Armani gets the ball in the corner, drills a three, puts us up. 
We get another steal and an and one, and we go up four points. We scored 10 points, and they didn't know what hit them. And we ran out of that gym, and I, I ran out of there like the kids did. I ran out of there like a 10-year-old, yelling. Like, I was so happy that our school that sort of got looked down on, you know, we were a group three school, but we played, everybody thought that the league wasn't as good. And, you know, here were the big guys from Ramapo. They already were thinking they were going to go to the final. Uh, and uh, to me, that's the win that gave us a lot of credibility. And uh, uh, the guy who coached with me, Mark Ketchikarni, he actually had the, the video of the game on an eight track and he somehow was able to send me some clips last night. I told him, I said, I watched the, the final two minutes about 50 times. I said, I even, I, you know, I, I'm a little older, so I got to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, half the, you know, a couple of times. And I said, I turned it on once then. And it just brought such a smile to my face, uh, knowing that we were able to beat a powerhouse program like that. Coach, you just talk. I want to talk about what you just said about getting the tape from your assistant coach and watching it. Had you ever watched it before? No, no. It was on it. It was on an eight track, <laughs> and you know, you know the way the state tournament works. We had to we had to get ready for Union City. Yeah. Two nights. From two days not, later. Yeah. I think that yeah it was two nights later, and I just I moved right on. And when we got bumped, that was it. You know, we got Union City beat us. And that was a game where they were probably a 10-point favorite. And uh, the kid Reyes single-handedly kept us in. He scored 30-something points right to, right to the wire we were in it. And they were a tough inner-city team. They were one of the best yeah. teams. I, I, that's actually where Chucky McBreen started his coaching. Yes, yep. <laughs> now, did, was one of the Stokes brothers on the Ramapo team? Did they have one of the Stokeses at that point, or they all? No, Stokes wasn't on that team. But we had played uh, – the thing about that game, too, that I forgot to bring up, they had pounded us in our Christmas tournament that year. Um, so that was another thing about the game, you know. I, I think, you know, they probably figured, hey, listen, with their size, I mean, they were huge. I forget the name of some of the kids, but uh, – and then they, they beat us by double digits in our own Christmas tournament on our home court. And, uh, you know, but we played Rampo a couple times when they had uh, Chris Sims, Stokes. I mean, they, they had athletes, man. They had Brian, – They had Brian Ponchak on one of those teams. Yeah, and Brian <laughs> – and Brian is the guy who I took the job from at Emerson. You know, what's yeah. funny is I brought Brian the book of when we played him in the Christmas tournament. He had six points and we kicked their uh, butts. And I, <laughs> I let him know that. So he didn't think – he goes, you saved the book? I say, I have the book from every year I coached. <laughs> Coaches, you, you mentioned uh, Brian Dorsey. I did a quick Google and uh, uh, an image search to see if I recognize him. I don't recognize him, however – there's some of the, the greatest photos. The first, I guess, by, by the third photo on Google Images is Rick Patino just in Brian Dorsey's face. <laughs> and then clicking on that one, you have a picture of Dick Bennett just pointing at him in his face. I'm sure he's probably wishing him happy birthday or, you know, something pleasant yeah. like that. You know, I'm sure it was something <laughs> you, like you that. You know whose games he does the most? And who, well, I don't want to say he loves them, but for some reason he's on his games. He's on, he's on Duke's games all the time. He does Duke Carolina on a regular basis. And I say, you know, he, he must be doing something right. 
to get that game because I'm sure Mike Krzyzewski uh, has a way with the assigner to make sure if he doesn't like you, you ain't coming back. Well, well yeah. Brian, Brian <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, he, he's a great official. Great yeah, official. A, and, yeah. and, even, and a great guy. Great guy. That's Coach, funny. some of those players you talked about from that game, do you, do you still run into them from time to time? And do you talk about that game specifically when you do? Ray, David Reyes. David Reyes is a great story. Um, when he graduated, he, David was always into finding out how people made money. I, he would work my basketball camps back then, and he would be sticking his nose in going, Coach. 20 kids, bah, 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 yada, da, da, how much you making ahead, da, 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 you know, and I'm like, David, you're a piece of work. I said, get out of here. I'll pay you your, your 50 bucks. Hit the road. <laughs> but David, I drove him up to some junior colleges, like where the junior college, uh, well, no, they weren't junior colleges. They were prep schools where it was like a barn was a gym. And I, I drove up to some places in New York and Connecticut. I could not believe these were, these were actual basketball factories. And David went to one for a little while, and he just didn't do it. And now David sends his car to his driver to pick me up and take me out to dinner. Or David, I'll be out to dinner with my wife, and the, the, somebody in a rest, the waiter will come over and say, uh, sir, someone dropped you a bottle of wine here. And it's David. David never went to college, but he just had that business attitude and it grew and he got into a couple business. He actually owns a couple gas stations. He does a couple online things. And, uh, you know, that's what I talked about before. It doesn't, you don't have to be a college grad or working on wall street or whatever, like this kid made it. And now he's got, I think he's got, I think he just had twins um we we talk a lot david david is a great kid great kid and him and my assistant mark ketchikani had such a good relationship and uh uh I, I know about some of the other guys on that team the kid armani uh who, who was a tremendous player uh he's he's sort of all over the place but reyes is really the one that uh you know i just have a very good relationship with Coach, I'm doing. I'm, I'm like the Google master here, Chris, on, on this episode mm-hmm. here. Just I believe I found a highlight video of David Reyes. Um, absolutely, looks like he can just really stroke it. But just watching, just real quick. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an old basketball coach, super confident. Has no, it just he no, does not yeah. doubt his abilities. And now, now, so hearing <laughs> you talk about him outside of basketball. It sounds like it just meshes up. And I was having a conversation with a, an old teacher friend of mine about how can we as teachers and coaches tell how kids are going to, in this case, just turn out. And so just, again, watching him play and hearing you talk about him now in real life, it just sounds like it just meshes up. It just sounds like a, just an incredible story of a guy that's yeah, got real confidence in life too. Great story. And uh, David's funny because he still breaks my chops uh, almost every time we talk. Uh, I think he had 48 one game, and I took him out in the beginning at a fourth quarter because we were just pounding this team. And uh, he gives it to me about that. And then one game, I think – I don't know how many three-point he – he had the range from the volleyball line when he stepped over half court. Mm-hmm. And I yanked him one game, and he didn't break the record in, uh, you know, three-pointers – and uh, he, he just, uh, and, and as a matter of fact, 
not this past, oh, wait, it was this past summer. Um, you know, a year ago, David got into our Hall of Fame at Fort Lee High School. And, and to me, that was such a proud moment just to see, you know, a kid go up with all his friends there. A lot of guys who played with David back then came and uh, we talked the whole night and his family was there and his mother, who I knew, just a great night, great night. Brian, Coach, uh, you know me, I'm always going to get off topic. Coach Amber talked about his basketball camp, which I have the pleasure of working usually once a summer. And he runs a great camp simply because he buys lunch for the coaches. So, Got to take care of your coaches. <laughs> it keeps me coming back. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, in pre-show research, I did find that. The website looks great. Looks like it's a – I'd love to hear more about the camp itself. Yeah, we got shut. We're getting shut down a little bit, so it's costing me. I, I may have to find another. I may have to ask David Reyes if I could pump gas at one of his stations. <laughs> yeah, coach. And where are these fancy dinners? How come I've never been invited to any of these fancy dinners with the car picking you up and stuff? I mean, come on. Listen, <laughs> listen. I came from Garfield. <laughs> there were no cars picking you up in Garfield. If they were, no. you were. You weren't going to any place good. Uh, <laughs> You know, David sent the guy for me, and I just laughed because that, you know, uh, it's not me. It's not me. Believe me. My car, my son asked me the other day, we were driving, my car's got 160-something thousand miles. He goes, Dad, how, how long do these cars go before they just stop? And I says, ah, Jay, we probably got another 30 in this one. Don't worry about it. We'll be good. I would tell him, hey, Jay, in three years, this is going to be yours, so you better get well, used to it. Yeah, yeah. No, I tell him he's going to get my father's car. My father's 86. <laughs> Got like this red Pontiac, and J Jason does not want to hear that, man. No way. Now, again, Brian, John's father comes to just about every game he coaches. You can always guarantee there'll be one fan in the stands yeah. if, if nobody else. I love that. He, he, he's come from since he coached me probably in third or fourth grade. I'm telling you, I don't know if he's missed, you know, maybe a handful of games. Now he has a little trouble with the away games driving to him, but uh it, it is nice and now he gets to see his grandson play uh which uh is really gonna be i know he's dying i, I think opening night next year hopefully we have it my father will probably be in the bleachers an hour before the game <laughs> that is for sure all right coach we'd like to end it here on a fun question and i know you're a guy with a lot of sayings and a lot of things you say so if I asked a kid, if I asked David Reyes, who played for you in 2000, and I asked a kid who played for you this year at Emerson, what's the one thing they would say that Coach Ziemba says all the time, over and over again? Well, you know, I heard Coach Gaskins uh, <laughs> talk, and when I was in Fort Lee, some of the things, you know, might not be able to be said on uh, – on, um, this uh, this this type of uh, program, um, and I, you know what? I don't know if I have a favorite thing that I say, but there's one thing that I I got from my old college coach that um, I got a uh, plaque up on my wall, and um, this is what I tell try to tell the kids. And you know, he told me this so long ago. A lot of things my old college coach said we used to laugh at, we used to, I was like, this is the corniest guy I've ever met in my life. And let me tell you, son, all that stuff is true today. I swear to you, there's about 10 things he said, and it's all true today. Um, 
But the one thing he said is be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. And uh, like I said, I got a plaque of that up on uh, my wall. Um, and my college, my old college coach is, uh, he's very sick right now. His name was Ollie Gelsner. And uh, there's a trim, we ran like a Princeton type of offense. And, and man, he said, like I said, the stuff he said, we would just buckle over. And, uh, <laughs> but it's true. It's true. He had another line. He said, you don't know who's playing till they're standing next to you at the national anthem. <laughs> I thought that was great. Because in man. Division Three, man, you didn't know who was going to get thrown off the team. Or, you know, uh, Ali, Ali was tremendous, man. He was tremendous. And, uh, but that, that's what I try to say to a kid. You know, If you're doing those things, you really can't go wrong. Um, yeah, I do get in kids' faces a little bit. And I, I, like I said, I've, I've had to be a little different than the way I used to be with a Josh Ford uh, than I am in Emerson. But, you know, it's about coaching. It's about making kids better. And it's about gaining their trust. That's what I feel. If they could trust you, um, then they're going to play hard for you. Coach, that, that shines through so clear. And I've, I've gotten to know you here for the last about 35 minutes or so. And I found a quote that I wanted to save here till the end. This is a, an article from uh, patch.com. I don't know what year it was, but it says that Coach Z is a teacher of the game and he loves every second of it. And this is a quote by you. I work really hard for the kids to be successful when they're done. I try to be honest with them and tell them what they have to do academically and basketball-wise and just – Hearing your stories tonight and hearing about David Reyes, which I can't wait to, to get a car to come down and pick me up after this episode. But, <laughs> so but if, to you hear, come out, if you come out here, I will have David, you, I, and Coach de Blasio, we will, <laughs> I will have David pick us up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, and if he does that, I know it's just a testament to you and the relationships that you built with your kids over the years in basketball and in volleyball through the camps. Um, I know they got to love you in the community up there. Just can't thank you enough for coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure to have you. Thank you, guys. Uh, like I said, I was really looking forward to this. Uh, it, it just, you know, just being on makes me feel like I want to get back. And I'm just hoping things somehow, uh, by some miracle, we're able to get back out there this year and, and play. Uh, and the kids are for, for the kids, too, because they're, they need it. Kids need to play. That's the bottom line. There was no doubt about it. Well, with that, let's go ahead and put a button on this episode. For my co-host, Chris de Blasio, I am Brian Rosefield, and thank you for listening to this episode of The Greatest Games.